In these winter months, consider TripInsurance.com to cover your next cruise investment. Buy direct from the leading insurers and save up to 40% or more on comparable plans from the other sites. Get a quote today and save from TripInsurance.com. Broadcasting from the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. This is Cruise Radio. Hey, what's up? My name is Doug Parker. Thanks for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio, a review of Norwegian Cruise Line's Norwegian Getaway. Before we get to Sherry Kennedy with Cruise News, big thank you for the emails last week. Jim from Florida, Christina from Connecticut, and CE from the San Francisco Bay Area all emailed in. Feel free to email me. Any questions, concerns, whatever, Doug at cruiseradio.net. And don't forget about our Cruise Radio News Facebook group found at Cruise Radio News. Come join the cruise conversation. And while you're there, slide your little mouse over to cruiseradio.net and uh, check out the latest cruise news, articles, money-saving tips, and what have you. All right, cruise news time. What's up, Sherry? Well, Virgin Voyages is one thing that's up today, that's for sure. They have just uh, done their first steel-cutting ceremony over in Italy, and of course, with Richard Branson's flair for the uh, the unusual, it was broadcast on Facebook Live. Yeah, there was over like a thousand people watching at some point uh, when I was tuning in earlier today. Give us some details on this new ship. It's not going to be ready until 2020. Um, it will sail uh, first season in the Mediterranean, of course, because it will be launched from Italy. But then it's going to relocate uh, to Miami where it will have its home port. And the ship will have about 2,800 passengers on it, and there are two more on order after that. So it's just, it's kind of exciting. They'll be a little bit boutique-y, as we were told at our first press conference. The steel cutting machine had a name, and it, <laughs> a big banner across it said, hi, I'm the steel cutting machine. And then uh, Tom McAlpin is actually the president, and if anyone is not familiar with him, as most of us weren't, he was the president of Disney Cruise Line. Yeah. So he has all this fun experience. Well, it probably was a lot of work, but he's made it into a fun experience with the Disney Wonder and Magic. And he's brought the same high energy and creativity over to Virgin Voyages. So I think uh, we're looking forward to a lot of innovations and some quirkiness, I wouldn't doubt, knowing Richard Branson. Certainly going to be cool. Norwegian Cruise Line just debuted a new class of ships, but uh, still a few years away. It's a few years away, and it's so hard to keep saying these 20s. You know, this mm-hmm. will this will take effect. The first ship will be launched in 2022. It's called Project Leonardo, and it does apply only to Norwegian Cruise Line, even though the parent company announced the uh, agreement today. Uh, they will have four ships that are similar to the, the current Breakaway Plus class of ship, and they're going to hold about 3,300 passengers They're also going to try to do this as energy efficient as possible and optimize fuel usage and reduce environmental impact. Have you seen the uh, sketches of these ships? No, I haven't. I'm I'm assuming you have, though. Yeah, they look... uh, (laughs) I don't even know how to explain it. It doesn't look like a cruise ship. It looks like something very space-age, as probably most stuff will in 2022 or 23, whatever it is. Yeah, they are. Well, 2022, 3, 4, 5, and then they actually have an option to build two more into 2026 and 27. And yeah, everything is looking space age lately. I mean, you see a picture of uh, the artist's rendering of what the first Virgin Voyages ship is going to look like. It <laughs> yeah. looks like a silver and red bullet in the water. Yeah, it does. So, and on, it does. on the subject of Norwegian Cruise Line, they also announced last week that they are raising gratuities, or I guess... We call them a service charge, right? 
Oh, right. Wink, wink. Yes, right. they, are, they're, they are raising gratuities effective April 1st across the fleet. It's not hideous, but yet, you know, you get enough of these and it adds up. The charge for uh, per person per day is going from $13.50 to $13.99 for any category of stateroom up to a mini suite. So it's what, a 49 cent increase per mm-hmm. day per person. Um, if you have a suite or if you're in the Haven, the charge will go from $15.50 to sixteen ninety nine, and the only exception to this rule is going to be on the Norwegian Sky, and that's because it's an all inclusive product. And the new rates on that one for everything up to a mini suite is going to be eighteen ninety nine per person per day. And then if you're in a suite, that's twenty one ninety nine per person per day. But you have to remember that uh, on the Norwegian Sky, it's um, open bar. Yeah. So, it's not so bad, and they did put one little caveat in here, and that if any guest has made a booking by March 31st, they can still prepay their service charges at the current rate. Uh, and then if you have, if you have already uh, have your reservation and uh, and you went ahead and prepaid your service charges, you're all set. You don't have to worry. It won't increase even if you're cruising down the road. Yeah. So, um, so let me ask you this, and not that the 49 cents a day is a big deal to me, but I'm cruising on Norwegian Gem next February. If I go ahead and prepay those now, I could get locked in at the current surcharge rate of 13.50 per day? Yes, okay. exactly. But gotcha. you have to do it before or as of March 31st, because April 1, if you have not prepaid, you will have to face the increased gratuity rate. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Uh, yeah. Carnival Cruise Line has expanded their Fun Hub app to a couple of more ships, almost making it fleet-wide now. Uh, for the folks who don't know, go ahead and explain to us what the Carnival Fun Hub app is. Sure. It's like it's similar to any other app you would download onto your Android or your iPhone. It, it enables you. Well, the cool feature is that once you do download it, you can set up a personalized countdown clock. So everyone wants to know that they're sailing in, you know, 47 days uh, and 18 minutes. So that's kind of fun to do. But it also allows you, once you're on board and if everyone in your group has downloaded the app, you can communicate with each other on that. So if one person's at one end of the ship, the other's at the, you know, you can get in touch. You can also refer to the daily planner on the app. So you don't have to run around with a folded up piece of paper in your pocket and a yellow highlighter pen. This app is now on 24 ships. And the only ship that doesn't have it as of right now is Carnival Fascination, I believe, which is based down in San Juan, Puerto Rico. That's correct. The, The newest ones that were just added are the Carnival Dream and the Carnival Liberty. So all 24 except the Fascination have the ability for the Fun Hub app. This last story we'll call News of the Weird. You can now take an, excur- uh, an excursion to visit the Titanic, huh? Yeah, this is uh, an interesting um, tidbit of news that came across the wires. It's a, it's a working cruise, really. It's not a luxury voyage, that's for sure. Um, a limited number of people will be able to visit the wreckage of the Titanic as part of an eight-week expedition, which is going to start in the spring of 2018. Uh, it's held by uh, Ocean Gate Expeditions, and according to their website, they're going to conduct a series of week-long manned submersible operations in the North Atlantic Ocean as part of their Titanic Survey Expedition that, again, begins in 2018. Um, if you've watched, you probably watched it when um, Woods Hole Laboratories uh, first had that submersible go down to the Titanic. Do you remember watching that? Yeah, on TV? it was. Remember, it was called the Alvin. 
the Alvin and, and Dr. Uh, Robert Ballard. Mm-hmm. He was the one in charge of it. And the thing was so tiny. I mean, who would, you know, I know the submersible is going to hold several people in it, but ee, that's pretty far under the ocean. I don't know if I'd want to do it. And I don't know if I have $106,000 for the <laughs> I adventure. Say, yeah, it's a <laughs> six figures to do this. But I guess if you're a, a Titanic buff or historian, this might be like the bucket list adventure for you. Not only a historian, but you got to be a little bit, you know, <laughs> ballsy to do that. Yeah, exactly. Well, <laughs> yeah, the pressure at the seafloor has to be like three tons per square inch that deep. Yeah. Like a bug on a windshield, as they say. Totally. We've been talking with Sherry Kennedy from CruiseMaven.com. Thank you, Sherry. Thanks, Doug. Have a great week. Cruise Radio. Maintaining our global reach. Listen live at CruiseRadio.net. From its rich heritage, picturesque beaches, and unparalleled blue waters, it's no wonder over 7 million people cruise to the Caribbean every year. What do you want to do? Swim with stingrays at Stingray Bay? Go for an island tour? Take a beach break? Or set sail on a catamaran to spend the day snorkeling? Whatever you decide, CruisingExcursions.com has a shore excursion to fit your budget. Cruising Excursions knows your time on the island is limited and that you want to make the most of your day. That's why they have shore excursions up to 60% cheaper than the cruise lines and offer smaller, more personable tours. Find out for yourself. Research and book your next shore excursion at CruisingExcursions.com. For over 42 years, Park West Gallery has introduced over 1.3 million people to fine art. Here's what actual customers are saying. I've been collecting with Park West five, six years now. Six years. Nine years. Ten years. Everybody we meet at Park West makes you feel comfortable. You're part of their family. It is an exciting and fun experience. It is enjoyable, uplifting. Park West has been so kind to us. Park West makes us excited to spend money on art. To find out more about Park West Gallery, visit parkwestgallery.com or go to cruiseradio.net and click on the Park West Gallery icon. Have a question for the experts or would you like to talk about your cruise or vacation experience, good or bad? Email comments at cruiseradio.net. Don and his wife Heidi just returned from a seven-night Western Caribbean cruise aboard Norwegian Getaway. He joins us on the line. Hey, Don. Hey, Doug. How's it going? Good, buddy. So uh, you've sailed Norwegian Escape before. This time was Norwegian Getaway. So uh, give me some pre-cruise thoughts to planning Norwegian Getaway. Was it a lot like you were planning Norwegian Escape? Yeah, it was very similar for us. We are planners, so not your traditional freestyle cruisers. Mm -hmm. So definitely before the cruise, we made sure to look through the deck plans, identify the restaurants we wanted to eat at and pre-reserve all that before getting on the ship. So you're up in the Boston area. Did you do any uh, pre-cruise nights in Miami? We did. We always fly down the night before. So we flew down and the first thing Saturday morning, got down to Miami and just kind of traveled around the city a little bit. We did the mansion over there, Viscaya Museum. We checked that out during the day and then just kind of hung around the Bayside Shore area. So uh, the next day you embarked, Norwegian getaway. How was Norwegian's embarkation process down there in Miami? It's not too bad. It's pretty it's pretty well organized in the beginning until they start calling the numbers. So based on when you check in, you get an embarkation number. And the suites and all the higher level loyalty people get on the ship first. But once they start calling that first general boarding, it gets a little crowded as people kind of mosey their way <laughs> up to the entrance, even though they may have a higher number. But we were on the ship around 11.30. We got there around 10. So by the time through security, waited a little bit. It, it wasn't too bad. 
Is Norwegian strict uh, when it comes to embarkation as far as, like, say you got Zone 19 and you try to board with Zone 2, will they be like, uh, go to the back of the line? Did you notice that at all? A little bit. I I think because we were there early, we were Zone 3, so Mm. we were one of the the first to get on there. And and people do try to sneak in, and they're pretty good about asking for the card back. Yeah. But I didn't notice anyone cutting the line. I'm sure a few folks did. There's gotcha. always those people who try to <laughs> try to beat the system. But all in all, the, the folks and the staff there did a good job of making sure it was pretty orderly and getting people on the ship in an organized manner. So uh, you make your way on board Norwegian Getaway. What were your first impressions of her? The ship looked great. We're familiar with the layout being on Escape. Of course, Escape's a little bit bigger, but... We love kind of the open areas, the waterfront and Spice H2O and the pool deck. So we headed up to the top pool deck and started taking pictures and just getting a layout of of how the ship is oriented. Awesome. So uh, you go to your stateroom. What kind of stateroom did you have and what did you think of it? We had a balcony room forward on the starboard side. It was pretty typical balcony room. We're overpackers, so space is always a priority for us. But we found plenty of places to put all our gear for the week. And it was conveniently located near the midship elevator. So all in all, a nice cabin. And as far as like the balcony size, what did you think of that? Because uh, I know that one of the complaints people have with Norwegian's newer ships are the balconies aren't as big as they used to be. What did you think of it? I think I'd have to agree with that. Mm-hmm. It's not a fair comparison. We don't often get balconies, sure. but compared to the few balconies we've had in the past, it did feel a little bit smaller. We were on deck 11, mm-hmm. but you could see some other balconies were a little bit larger than ours, so I'm assuming those were probably suite rooms. Gotcha. As far as like plugs, USB ports, did it have all that? We have our little charging unit that we bring, a little strip, so it had plenty of outlets. We didn't find any USB ports, but with all the other ports we have and our extensions, mm-hmm. we, sh- we were fine. Yeah, cool. So I want to talk about dining because that's one thing Norwegian is really known for is their freestyle dining with, mm-hmm. I think Getaway has like maybe around 18 or so restaurants on there. So uh, let's just start at the top at the buffet area and we'll work our way out from there. One thing we do a lot on is cruising is eating and drinking. <laughs> so definitely, I don't think we hit all 18 venues, but we, we tried. It was only seven days. But the buffet, we, we hit only once, honestly, during the cruise because of all the other options. And we ate lunch there one day. thought it was your pretty typical cruise buffet. So plenty of selections to choose from, pizza, make your own sandwiches, grill, all that type of stuff. And then during the day, we tended to, to either go to Ocean's Pub, which is a 24-hour pub that's inside, or the Margaritaville at Sea, which is an upcharge, but... It's like 4 or $5 for an entree or the nachos or something there. So you can go there, have some of the signature margaritas, which are actually covered in the drink package, and then pay a few bucks for lunch. So we kind of spread it around during lunchtime. But then it, we tried to hit a specialty, different specialty restaurant every single night. Awesome. Well, let's talk about the specialty restaurants you hit and uh, just bang through those for us. So one of the first ones we hit was their Steakhouse Cagney's. Mm-hmm. And that's always a win for us. So you get a nice juicy steak cooked exactly the way you like it. Another popular restaurant that we like to go to is their Italian restaurant, La Cucina. So we actually went there on formal night and we're a fan of Italian food. And I think they do a great job there at that restaurant. We also hit the Japanese Teppanyaka restaurant where it's a hibachi style steakhouse. 
Mm-hmm. And the food is just as good as the show they put on there. I think all the chefs do a fabulous job there. We also hit their seafood restaurant. Um, this one's a little different than Escape. This one's called Ocean Blue. And I went with the surf and turf, so the filet and lobster, kind of the best of both worlds. Mm-hmm. And then a place that is right actually next to Cagney's, we went to the Mordano, which is the Brazilian steakhouse. Mm-hmm. So they have 11 different options of meat from chicken, pork, steak, and this huge salad bar. So you definitely leave that restaurant pretty full, but it's another place that we went to on Escape and we definitely wanted to try again when we were on Getaway. Cool. Yeah, all these restaurants are definitely for fee. Um, Mm -hmm. Not free, but for fee, F-E-E. I want to ask you about two of them, the Hibachi Grill. Are you a big fan of landside Hibachi restaurants? Yeah, we we go kind of in a big group, Mm -hmm. and we're not picky eaters, and I think those are fun because you get to interact with people, and as I said, the chef's kind of putting on the show. So we go to them. I wouldn't say we're regulars, but we've definitely gone to them before. So you you would compare the quality to like a land base, though? For sure, yeah, Yeah, definitely. Gotcha. And Ocean Blue, I'm a huge seafood fan. I know you can get some good seafood up there in Boston. Comparable to a landside venue? It's not fair because we're just so used to the fresh seafood in Boston, the main lobster up the road. I would say for lunch, the Ocean Blue is open during the day, Mm -hmm. just on sea days, and they have a lobster roll there. It's around 11 and change with the the gratuity. That rivals a lobster roll you get up here. Awesome. Let's talk about entertainment. What did you think about the entertainment on board the seven-night sailing? There's a lot of diversity, which is one reason we love sailing with Norwegian Cruise Line because – there's a couple different venues, a few different shows throughout the cruise, so you can kind of pick and choose what you want to see. We did make reservations for Burn the Floor, which is a dance revival show mm-hmm. that was really awesome. We saw that early in the cruise. We also saw both comedians at the comedy club, so they have two headliners that kind of rotate throughout the week when they show early family shows, and they have the late adults-only comedy, so we made sure to watch both of those guys, and they were excellent and then we also did, which is an upcharge, is the Illusionarium, which is the magic show, which also comes with a dinner. That was definitely worth it for the show. It was some great illusionists, and just the whole room is kind of interactive, and it's definitely a spectacle. Awesome. Now, as far as music around the ship, one thing I noticed when I sailed to Getaway a couple of years ago is they had a lot of music in different venues around the ship. Is it still like that? It is. Compared to some other ships and cruise lines we've been with, one thing Norwegian does, which I kind of like, is they have four or five different entertainers. Yeah. And then they kind of rotate through the different venues. So mm-hmm. one night you may have one pianist at the Sugarcane Mojito Bar, and the next night she's he or she's playing in the atrium. So if you like one particular venue, we, we always bounce around to check out the different bars. But if you like a particular place, it's not like you're stuck with the same entertainer every night. Mm-hmm. Or if you really like an entertainer and you want to follow him or her around the ship, then you get to follow them at the different bars too. So yeah, there was plenty of diversity in music at night. Cool. Uh, as far as the sea days with the crowds and congestion on board, of course you have like, uh, what does Norwegian getaway hold? Like 4,000 people? About that, yeah. Yeah. So how was the sea days for you? I think they're pretty typical of a ship that size. Mm-hmm. As you know, we tend to sail on larger ships, so we're used to used to getting up a little bit earlier <laughs> to make sure we have right. a deck chair. But the way they have the different sun deck set up, I think, allows people who, if you want the adult-only atmosphere, you go to Spice H2O in the back of the ship. We went there. We were able to find a chair pretty easily. 
if you want something right in front of the pool, I think it's true of any cruise ship. You got to get there early in the morning, but you could get seats a little bit forward or on the deck above the pool later in the morning without any problems. The Spice H2O venue, is that a four-fee venue or can any adult go there over 18? It's part of the cruise fair. During the day, it's adults only. And then at night, they have different events from movies under the stars type deal to deck parties. And those are family friendly. So yeah, during the day, it's adults only. But they do have a sun deck called Vibe, which we didn't we didn't pay for, but I believe it's around $100. And they limit it just to 60 people. So if you get a Vibe pass, you're guaranteed a chair, which is a little bit nicer chair with padding. And they have a, a bar right there for your convenience and some hot tubs. Yeah. But I actually, this cruise, we, we talked to some folks who did it on Escape. We didn't have a chance to talk to anyone who actually did Vibe on this ship to see what their experience was like. Yeah. So it sounds like uh, Spice H2O is kind of like Carnival Serenity or like the Solarium on, uh, on Royal Ships, where it's kind of an older crowd in there, quieter crowd. Yeah. No, no. I would I, I would say no, no. It's definitely comparable to those in what they're set up for. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if there's a quiet crowd on Norwegian anywhere you go. Yeah, there's a, people you're, you're the, probably right. Especially in this ship. Everyone was – we met some great people, and I think everyone was there to have fun and yeah. a good time. But, yeah, I mean it's supposed to be that more retreat-like area. Yeah, well, just to ship. clarify, I meant quiet as in not a thousand kids running around <laughs> doing cannonballs and pools. <laughs> Right. No, exactly. Yeah. yeah, no, there were, and, and people abided by those rules. We didn't see any children there while we cool. were there. Both times we, we sat there for a few hours, but, and even the family pools, honestly, the, the main pool and family pool weren't too chaotic. It, it was spring break week. So we did see some kids, but probably not as many as you would see either in the summer or up here, we have what they call February break or winter break where mm-hmm. people go on vacation. So uh, on this seven-night sailing, it was a Western Caribbean sailing, you uh, Roatan, Honduras, Costa Maya, Cozumel, and you were supposed to go to Norwegian Cruise Line's private destination, Harvest K, but weather caused you to skip that. So go ahead and tell us a highlight of every port you went to. Sure. So at Roatan, we went to an animal preserve, which my wife did some research on and wanted to go to, where you get to interact with some animals, some the monkeys and macaws there, which was a pretty well-organized tour. It was fun. We did it through the cruise line just to make sure we got back to the pier and had all the transportation. We actually didn't really get off in Cozumel because we had been there, actually going there again later this year, but we kind of go there often and it was towards the end of the cruise. So we wanted to take advantage of a relatively empty cruise ship, which is awesome when the cruise ship's in port and probably 3,500 out of those 4,000 people aren't on the ship. So it feels like you have the whole cruise ship to yourself. And then in Costa Maya, we actually did a runes tour with a local provider, and we went to Chacho Ben, which we haven't done yet, even though we sailed to that region. I've wanted to do the Mayan runes for a while, and this was the first chance we got to, to see them, and it was a very well-done tour. Just curious, because Harvest K is supposed to be this really awesome new destination Norwegian Cruise Line developed, and you guys couldn't go there because the winds were crazy in the Caribbean that week. Were people kind of bummed out about it, or like, uh, like what was the general feel of the ship? Yeah, I think people were a little upset, but to Norwegian's credit and the cruise director's credit, they put together on the fly a pretty good itinerary where they added a couple events. Mm-hmm. One new thing that literally they rolled out during our cruise was an escape room. So they added a full escape room, additional escape room event to that day, which, you know, takes time to set up. And they added additional virtual concert. It's Spice H2O and some other events throughout the day. So they were able to, I think, hopefully 
calm the masses down. But yeah, we were bummed too. We were really looking forward to checking out the resort they have there and the huge pool and the zip lines. It's funny how people freak out when you miss a port of call. I was, we had some pretty crazy weather. I was sailing the same week you were, mm-hmm. and someone on my ship said, I was on Carnival Liberty, someone said, last time we sailed Royal Caribbean, we didn't have this weather. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> dude, the cruise lines don't control the weather. It's going to happen. Yeah, and you always have those people who think, obviously, if you had booked an excursion, you got your refund right sure. away, but then people want additional compensation. It's like, you're on a cruise, everything's, have a good time, you got to roll with the punches, and at the end of the day, yeah, the weather's in no one's control, <laughs> right. right, besides the Earth, and if it's not safe to dock, I think what hurt the most is that we kind of floated near the island for about an hour, and you could tell the captain was trying to figure out a way to get there safely and just... At the end of the day, he couldn't because, as you mentioned, the seas were pretty rough and windy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So you make your way back to Port Miami. How was the disembarkation process, and did you do self-assist or zones? We did the self-assist. We usually take our bags off mm-hmm. the ship, and they get there a little bit later than some of the other ships. Sometimes some other cruises we've been there, and you walk off the ship at 6.30, and there's no one there. For this particular one, we walked, I think, Self-assist was between 7.30 and 8.30. We got down there probably a little after 8, like 8.15, and it was a little chaotic. But mm-hmm. So getting off the ship, we, they have to weave you in and out of the casino, actually, is where you embark and disembark from at the home port, which is in itself just kind of weird. So that was a, a big snake line moving throughout the whole ship. But once we got off the ship, it was through customs like nothing really fast. I talked to you a couple of months ago, and you sailed on Harmony of the Seas, and they had the mobile passport. Does Miami have that yet? It didn't at our terminal. No. I don't know if they're maybe testing it at other terminals, but okay. yeah, I, we did kind of miss that because yeah. it was so nice, as I mentioned to you last time, is you do the app in the morning, you go into a whole separate line, and they scan and go. But here, once we got to customs, it was actually pretty fast. It was really just getting off the ship that could have been set up a little bit better, in my opinion. Looking back on your cruise, Don, what was the biggest highlight for you? Oh, there were so many. But I would say that, similar to Norwegian Escape, we love all the amenities on Getaway, from the ropes course and the water slides. And there's just so much to do on the ship. It is truly a destination itself. And then all the different restaurants, the ability to choose what type of cuisine you want and what time you want to eat and who you want to eat with is one of the huge selling points for us for Norwegian Cruise Line. Any first-time tips to offer? We say it all the time, so if your listeners have heard me before, <laughs> do a little bit of planning. It is a freestyle cruise line, and they do a good job of setting things up for dinner and different things in the shows. But if you know you definitely want to eat at like Cagney's, that place fills up really fast, or at the French restaurant, which we actually didn't eat at this time, La Bistro, or if you know you definitely want to see a show, do book it ahead of time just to be safe. And then there accommodating if your schedules change or you want to do something different once you're on the ship, you can always change your reservations with their app or your on-screen mm-hmm. television menus. What did you think of their app? It's okay. Yeah. We used it right when we got on board because the one thing you can't pre-plan are the comedy shows. Yeah. So when you go to the cruise planner, we pre-booked the other theater shows. So we used the app right when we got on board and we weren't sure if the reservation stuck. Mm-hmm. It did, but we didn't get any confirmation. So we had to go to the box office. But I recommend using the app or they have touch screens throughout the ship. Mm-hmm. Just walk by, touch screen, scan your card, and it allows you to make reservations, book those shows, etc. All right. Well, I, I got to tell you, Don, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm sailing a 10-night on a Norwegian ship here in a few months, and 
your website, eatsleepcruise.com, such a great resource. I mean, you have everything on there, like from the menus to pictures of like almost every drink the cruise lines serve. So, uh, dude, excellent job on your site. Oh, thank you so much. We've been talking with Don Buccalo from eatsleepcruise.com. Don, thanks for being on the show. Good catching up, buddy. Oh, likewise. Thanks, Doug. A big question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance? Simple answer. If you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker for my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you a peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip, online claims assistance, and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out TripInsurance.com. Cruise Radio is produced weekly at the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. Hear Cruise Radio on iHeartRadio, the Stitcher Radio Network, iTunes, or at CruiseRadio.net. For sales and marketing opportunities, email sales at CruiseRadio.net. I'm your announcer.